when you're building audiences, the ROI might not be there, right? So you're building audiences over the first 30 to 45 days of the campaign, and then you start retargeting them with offer ads. Now, when you start retargeting them on offer, uh, offer ads, then you start seeing the ROI coming in. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. In the last episode of the Marketing Matrix podcast, Hernan Vasquez shared the value of Facebook Lives with us. Today, we continue that conversation with Mr. Vasquez as he lets us in on the secret Facebook campaign used by Frank Kern himself. So keep listening to find out what it is. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am joined today by the incredible and talented Hernan Vasquez. Hernan, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. Hey, Lisanne. Hey, everyone. It's really, really good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, okay, guys. I just like, I want to take a second to introduce this entrepreneur. And I have to say that the first time I met him was at Funnel Hacking Live uh, 2019. It was, it was the first time Funnel Hacking Live was in Nashville. And um, I was, I was with my friend, Catherine Jones and Catherine introduced me to Hernan. And I, I was newer in the traffic buying space. So when I met Hernan and I found out everything that he'd done, I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy, he's, He's so legit. He's amazing. And so I picked, had the opportunity to pick his brain. Um, and I'm ex- so excited to have him on the show again to do a deep dive with some of the marketing that he's doing. He is the traffic guy behind Frank Kern and Grant Cardone, guys. So this guy is, he's legit. And I was just talking to him before we hit record on the interview. And he's like, yeah, I spend part of my time in the U.S. and part of my time in uh, Buenos Aires. So, I mean, this guy, he lives where he wants. He does what he wants. He has multiple companies that he is um running and doing consulting for. He's built multiple seven-figure businesses. And just last year alone, guys, he spent over $7 million on ad spend last year. So guys, I mean, you want to know marketing, paid advertising, this is the guy to talk to. So again, Thank you again, Hernan, for coming, and we can't wait to to hear all all of your all of your secrets you decided to divulge with us today. Sounds good. I cannot wait to share it with your with your audience. This is really good. Thank you for the interaction. Of course, it. of course. So, so before we get into like the actual nitty gritty of the marketing, for those that aren't as familiar with you, how did you become this traffic buyer for these like huge tycoons in the industry? Um, so that's actually a good question. Um, I can give you guys a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I had, um, so I had a really comfortable job here in, in Argentina in Buenos Aires. I was doing recruiting for a big company here. This was like 10 or 12 years ago or something like that. And, um, and then I decided to just, you know, quit that job and follow the, um, 
entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey, whatever that was, right, at that time. And uh, I knew that I wanted to do something for myself and it was uh, supposed to be something digital because I was like really into digital, you know, marketing at that point, I would say, but digital anything and everything. So I decided to quit my job. And uh, I remember the first uh, freelancer stuff or freelancer job that I had was the same company hiring me to do recruiting, but outside as a freelancer, right? Headhunting and freelancing and whatnot. So, um, so what I, but I had to, what I had to do is to build a website. So the guys told me, Hey, this is great. We're going to bring it to the director of, of HR. He already knows you, but you need to build a website. So I decided to go ahead and, you know, went, I went ahead and start learning about WordPress and hosting and, you know, domains and all of that. And then we put together, put together a, a website on, on WordPress the first time. And that really hooked me up. That was really interesting for me. And I did that for a little bit, you know, I, uh, I went ahead and did a little bit of recruiting, but I wasn't, I wasn't jiving with the, uh, with the fact that I, you know, uh, the recruiting. So at that point I decided to leave that too. And then I moved to a city here in Argentina called Cordoba, Southern, you know, of, of the country. So it's really, really South, you know, it's really Southern. And, um, and at There's that point, I did... there aren't there. There's penguins in Cordoba, aren't there? Yeah, well, there, there is. It's a little bit northern, but yeah, there, you, you could see some, I would say. <laughs> you could see some. So, um, so what happened there is that I moved in with my, with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she had a job, and I didn't. So I was like, okay, what's next? I knew that I wanted to do something digital. I started learning about you know, web design, SEO. I had that first experience, and I started contacting people here to build their websites and all of that. And, uh, but it took time. It really took a couple months, you know, I would say you know, six to eight months, maybe, or just like trying to figure this out, reading on forums and reading on, you know, on, on different platforms online, trying to learn. And uh, at some point it got so tight, like things were really, really tight because we were living, you know, we were renting a house and we were living off of my girlfriend's salary. And at some point we had to actually choose between putting food on the table or heating up the house, you know, so it was that bad. It was really bad. Uh, but, and at that point, what I, what I, you know, out of all of the stuff that I tried and tested, I put together a profile on Fiverr, fiverr.com. And, uh, I started selling articles. I could, you know, kind of write in English and whatnot. So I started selling articles for $4 a pop. They would, they would charge you five, but they will, you know, keep $1. So the rest was my way. So I started like writing articles for $4 a pop and I was like spending 12, 14 hours a day, like howling on my laptop, you know, my, my fingers like really swollen and frozen because, you know, it was like really, really cold. So I did that for a while. And then with the, uh, with the learnings that I had based off of web design and, and then people started to asking me about SEO optimizing their articles. So I started learning about SEO as well. And, uh, and what happened is that, you know, I started doing a lot of, uh, a decent amount of SEO. So people will come to me, ask me for a web design. So I put together a WordPress website and then people say, okay, now I need traffic. So I started doing, you know, learning about SEO. And this was like seven years ago. Uh, I came together with this group. Um, we, uh, Alex Becker at the time put together a group called Dynasty and I met these guys and these guys, uh, you know, right now they are my, after like seven years of business they're, they're my partners and you know we put together our first uh our first digital company or training it was it is called semantic mastery 
And what happened with Semantic Mastery is that most of us had our own clients and SEO clients. It was mostly SEO related. And, but we had to acquire customers from the internet, right? For our different funnels and whatnot. So at that point, this was like six years ago, I decided to take a, you know, take a gander and start like re- learning about Facebook ads. And, um, and that's basically, you know, the rest of his, is, is history. Uh, you know, I started learning about Facebook ads. I was, I was good at SEO. It wasn't really my thing, but when I started doing paid ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, mostly Facebook ads, you know, I was hooked. Like from the, from the beginning, I was completely hooked. So, um, so then, you know, one thing led to the next, um, at some point I was running ads for, for Dan Henry as well for, from the, um, you know, for him, a lot of campaigns, you know, he came recommended and whatnot. So then, you know, here we are running ads for the past six years. And that was, that was quite a ride. That was pretty cool. That's amazing. Okay. So, so but there's like, there's still a big gap in the story for me here. Like, how did you go from like being a freelancer on Fiverr to getting in contact and like being in the network of names with like Dan Henry, Grant Cardone, Frank Kern. Like, how did that happen? Cause that, yeah. that's not just like, eh, the rest is history. Yeah. That's actually a great question. So I've always been, so you know how Russell says that you need to put together your dream 100, right? So I think that one of the fastest way of accelerating your learning and, you know, accelerating your career, whatever it is that you're doing is to work for somebody or work with somebody that is in the position that you want to be in, right? And, um, and something that I found that is really, really, you know, the, the way to, to open that, those type of doors is to be super helpful and deliver massive amounts of value, you know, to somebody until they start noticing. So for instance, um, for, for, so, so I met this guy called PJ, he's from Florida. And um, I started like, he, he was a role model for me. He was like really, really out there. And, you know, he was doing a lot of cool stuff. So what I did was to reach out to him and tell him in the SEO vein, hey dude, you know, your website could be optimized by doing this, 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 and this. And we started having a conversation and, uh, you know, I started doing SEO for him. And then I put, you know, I was, I became part of his team. And, and then, you know, at some point I started doing Facebook ads for him as well. And then Dan, he was friends with PJ and Dan was looking for a media buyer. He was doing his uh, $97 product, 30 day agency. And he was doing really well, but he wanted to scale. He wanted to focus on the business. So he was asking about a media buyer. So he reached out and say, Hey dude, I knew that, that you did this for PJ. Can you do something similar for me? So at that point it was something, it was all about like, uh, wiggling my way into these networks by providing massive, massive value. So for instance, on, on Frank Kern's, uh, um, Frank Kern's, um, case, it was a little bit different. I like, I joined his inner circle because anyone that, anyone that has done any digital marketing at all know Frank Kern. And I've been following Frank for the past 10 years since I started pretty much. So, um, and I'm a big fanboy, you know? So I went into his inner circle. I paid to be part of his inner circle. And then I started delivering so much value in his Facebook group, right? For the inner circle. And then one of his team members reached out to me, Tyler, he reached out to me and said, Hey dude, do you want to become a moderator of the Facebook group? Right. And I was like, yeah, sure. We'll waive your inner circle fee, whatever. And you know, we'll we'll let you in and you can be a moderator of the Facebook group. So I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And then 
at some point, Frank decided that he wanted to start offering Facebook ads for clients. And, um, and then, you know, there was like a couple people on his Facebook group. There was this guy uh, called Brad, Brad Beard, and super cool dude. He became Frank's CMO. And then he reached out to me. He said, hey, dude, we're putting together this agency. Do you want to come and, you know, work with us? I was like, of course I want, right? And then I started like running ads for Frank's clients for the agency. And we started doing really, really well. And on March, this was like at the, at the end of 2018, on uh, the beginning of 2019, uh, this was like in Funnel Hacking Live, I received, I received a call, you know, from, from Brad, Brad Bearden, that he was like, he, uh, that we were like expanding the agency, but he was also leaving the, the, the company to do his own stuff. So he said, dude, you, need, you will need to come in and fill in. So at that point, I kind of inherited all of the campaigns from, you know, Frank Hernink. So I started running ads for Frank. This was since the beginning of last year. Um, and, you know, I remember that because I was in, uh, I was in the uh, Gaylor Opry on the convention center when I got that call. So I remember that the time. And then at that point, um, and at that same, same instance, like we were running ads for all of these clients and Frank and Grant Cardone partnered up last year to develop the Cardone Current Advertising Agency. That was a big hit last year. And uh, so I was there, I was taking care of all of the marketing for, for Frank. And then the agency started growing. We started with like 20, 30 accounts maybe. And by November or sorry, October last year, 2019, we ended up with like 200 and something accounts. And yeah, they were like, we started working like five people working at the agency. We ended up with 55 people working at the agency at some point. And I had to train all of the media buyers. So all of the media buyers will come in. We had like a team of 15 media buyers. I had to train all of the media buyers. And, um, and then, you know, I, had, I kept on running all of the ads for, for Frank, but I also started running all of the ads for the agency. And then I was, you know, consulting with the guys, the traffic guys from, from Greg Cardo because we were having amazing results with the campaigns that we were running for the, for the agency. So that was kind of it. Like if you want to get into, into someone's radar, into someone's circle, you need to, do, you know, you need to deliver insane amount of value to that person to become somebody and you become an asset, like a real asset to that person. And that can accelerate your, your career a lot. It did for me. And uh, it's never about, Hey, how can I help you? Or, Hey, what can I do for you? Right? Because now if you approach, your desired mentor with that mindset. It's like, okay, now you become my problem. Now I need to think what you can do for me. But if you go with a, with a solution, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be huge. You don't need to change these people's business, but you need to come up with a solution that will help them a lot. And that way is how you, you know, wiggle in and how you start like networking with these folks. And then at some point you, you can start like really growing and, and, uh, and producing results for these people. Does that make sense? I love that. that. Kind of I love that. Okay. Yes, yes. And I love like the biggest thing that I that I pulled out is like become an asset. Like that that is so powerful. And I and I um, have experienced that in my own life, where even like people that uh, work for me, when they say, "What do you want me to focus on most right now?" and I'm like, "I don't have the brain space to tell you that." Like we've already had our meeting. Like I need you to like look at what you've got and you know, and, and set a priority and then come to me and say, okay, this is the priority that I've set. Like, do you agree? 
And right. it, it's a total different approach than uh, how can I help you, which is, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's an honest request, but um, it's often not, not as helpful as you would think. So I love right. that. Be, become an asset. That, that is so awesome. So what was it about Facebook ads when you said like, I was hooked from the beginning? Like why, what, why are Facebook ads so hooking for you? Cause I mean, I, I have my own answer cause I'm this exact same way, but I'd love to oh. hear yours. Right. So I think it's a matter of uh, the speed that you have. I came from, again, I came from like, I learned traffic from a perspective of, you know, organic, right. From SEO and it takes time and then organic social media and it takes time and all of that. I think that there is the speed that you can get and the data that you can collect as fast as humanly possible to test an idea, a niche or a, or a funnel or whatever, or a hook or an angle. I think that that's one of the most exciting things for me because you can launch a funnel today and as soon as the ads get reviewed and approved and provided that everything, is, everything else is right, you can get data in 24 hours or less, right? You can, launch a, you can launch an ad in the morning and then you can start reviewing that data in the evening. And when you're managing big budgets, that's even like you can get data in two hours if you want to, right? So that is really exciting. I think that that is one thing. The other thing is the, the, um, the speed as, at what like Facebook is learning and developing their AI. I think that that is like, that is something that it's, it's so, so good as advertisers and the targeting capabilities and the machine learning that they have right now is like second to none. And I have experienced that several times when we were launching big campaigns with no targeting whatsoever. And then Facebook goes out there and find us buyers. That is really exciting. And I, I really like that. You know, it has its pitfalls, every traffic platform and everything that you do online will have disadvantages, but I think that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages of running Facebook ads. How about you? I love that. Well, honestly, for me, it's, it's the data as well. I, I just love that. Not, not only is it fast data, but it is like throughout the entire funnel. Um, and I love like just, just looking, being able to look at the whole ecosystem and like craft in my mind, like the customer experience that people are having, um, and then I love to like, you know, on top of the Facebook ads, like put software as like Hotjar or whatever to like actually record what's going on. And so like you're like the stats are telling a story and I just love that like you can get a very fast and, and, and really relatively accurate story based on like how people are interacting with your offer. Um, it's, it's just, it's so fun. It's so fun yeah. for me because I, fun. I, I've worked in corporate marketing before where you, we do, we did a lot of traditional uh, marketing techniques that were not direct response. So like with mailers and TV spots and radio spots and things like that. And, and with that, I mean, you're just, you're just like chucking your budget out into the universe and like hoping that it comes back and like knowing that like, if you're hitting your KPIs, then like, I guess what was effective so we can do a similar thing next year or whatever, but like, you don't know like how well that like spot in the magazine is doing. Whereas like with Facebook, you're like, I'm going to place this ad in this specific place and on this device. And I'm going to know exactly how well it performs. Uh, and it's just like the data just like makes me like super giddy. So yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And also we come from a, we call, we come from this direct response approach, right? 
And uh, that is something that I experienced like last year when we were working with the Grand Cardone team, you know, hand in hand with the, uh, with, with the traffic people is that they're all about exposure, all about exposure, all about exposure and awareness and brand awareness and exposure and all about that. So we were like having this conversation about killing, uh, I think it was like $150,000 a month spot on Fox News or something like that because we couldn't track right that we couldn't track the roi that that spot would have and then we were sitting down with with grant and he was like no but there's so much exposure that comes from this and it's all about the, the school of thought right they are like all about exposure and of course if you have big budgets you can allow yourself to do that but when you when, when you are bootstrapped with maybe you're spending like a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars on ad spend every month and whatnot you need to hold every dollar accountable of what they're doing right you need mm -hmm. to hold every dollar accountable and uh and when we started implementing like our, our direct response mind to the advertising they were coming to us for advice because our, our roi was you know significant and we intended to keep it like that because otherwise the, the company couldn't function they had so it's a completely different way of approaching advertising and marketing uh, there's no right or wrong. There's just like, you know, the way it does. And, and since we come from a small entrepreneur bootstrap type of uh, uh, environment, we need to, you know, we need to really buckle up and make, make it work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and I've, I've found as I've worked with clients, like the more philosophies and strategies that you implement into a business, like the more synergistic effect they all have on the overall ROI, you know, because when people, you know, like that spot on Fox News, like if people see Grant Cardone there, like when they see an ad a week later, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, I just saw that guy on TV. And so they'll interact with the ad better than they would if like they didn't know who he was before, yeah. before that TV spot. So um, it's just, it's such a fun world to be in. Isn't it is. It? <laughs> fun. I love it. So um, what, uh, what are, what are, where, where are you going with, like, are you, uh, you, you have some of your own companies and you're still working in, um, in the Grant Cardone and Frank Kern space as well. Like, are you, are you in a spot of like main maintaining or like, are you, what are, what are some of your goals? Like for someone who's already like doing so much and like you have your fingers in a lot of different pies already. Yeah. Yeah. You could say so. So right now I'm working with, I'm part of Frank's team, you know, since uh, I think it was like December last year, Grant and Frank decided to part away. So I'm, I'm still working with, uh, with, with Frank. But um, so it's, al it's, always a, it's always a path of learning, you know, it's always a path of, of, of growing and whatnot. Uh, gener generally for me, I don't take a lot of clients. I was telling you before that, you know, I, I had this big agency experience, like huge ag agency experience. And some people love that and some people die for it. That's not my case. You know, I want to keep my, my team pretty small. So um, I do serve, I do serve some, some clients, you know, on a case by case basis, if there is a lot of upside and if I can really help them and crush, you know, what they're doing. So, uh, so that's, that's something, but now I'm trying to focus more on, because I've always been the guy behind the scenes, you know, I've always been the person behind the scenes, running the ads, building the stuff, building the funnels and all of that, even in Semantic Mastery, which is the company that we got the Two Comma Club Award for this year. Um, I'm not the singing voice, my partner Bradley is, and uh, he's a super cool dude. 
And uh, you know, he's, he's the singing voice of that. He's the front facing guy. So what I'm trying to do right now is to double down on the personal branding side of things. So uh, I started doing, uh, you know, I started putting together a big uh, project or a big process, I would say for social media. So there's a lot of content going out there. There's a lot of, you know, different pieces of content that get repurposed. So the, you know, the whole nine yards, but also like selling some of my own, you know, programs and workshops and, and courses and, you know, in-person type stuff. So that is basically what my goals are for 2020 is to keep on doing what I'm doing, you know, maintaining that for sure. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I do geek out. I do run a lot of the ads myself because, you know, I do, I do enjoy it. And uh, in fact, before hopping on this call, I was like launching a new deadline sequence and I was like launching a new campaign, of course. So uh, I do, I do uh, enjoy a lot, but it will be mostly like, you know, putting the message out there, you know, and helping more and more people and leveraging the fact that I can help more people by putting content out there and multiplying the effect that the brand has in all of the different businesses, whether they can hire a media buyer or not, if they're going to do any paid advertising, then they can get the right type of, of results and the right type of um, advice, I would say, whether they, you know, they follow me on Instagram or YouTube, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the idea is to expand and, and impact more entrepreneurs on lives this year. So that's awesome. I love that. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Like to go from behind the scenes to stepping out more as, as an influencer, I'm, I'm on a similar journey myself. And, and I didn't, for me, I didn't realize like how much resistance uh, comes up for that. Has any resistance come up for you as you've been putting yourself out there more and, and not, not just doing behind the scenes type stuff? Oh yeah. Every day, every single day, you know, every single day. Uh, because when you're working with these, with these guys that they have been putting out content and goodwill in the marketplace for the, fa for the past 20 years, some things seem easy, right? But you like, you lose the perspective of saying, well, no, this person or this individual has been putting out goodwill and putting out value in the content and in, in the marketplace for the past 20 years. So of course, everyone knows who they are and everyone, you know, they have, they have carved their own space. So you're comparing chapter Z of somebody with chapter A, right? So that is, that is one, of the, one of the resistances that I have, not so much putting out content, but uh, you know, in terms of, well, you know, this campaign that's working like this on this ad account or this business manager is working like this on this other business manager, my own. And uh, so it's, it's, a different, it's a different journey, but I'm enjoying it. I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. I'm enjoying it despite the, uh, the, um, the resistance. And I'm learning a lot about myself, you know, as I'm doing it, because uh, it's a completely different thing to be in the backstage that to, you know, step in front. And then you, you, you um, face a lot of demons, if you would, but then you learn a lot about yourself, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and look, you're on the podcast today. So you're, hey, you're awesome. getting, you're getting over the resistance and you're putting yourself out there. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, well, I would love to, to dive into some of the marketing techniques that you're, that you're using um, for yourself and, and, for, and for Frank right now. Um, yeah. So we know that, um, that leads are the lifeblood of any business. We also know that you are a paid advertising guru. Um, and this is actually a really exciting time to be talking to you because uh, a lot of people are you know, recognizing that Facebook is only making it so you can only manage the budget at the campaign level. Um, right. this week instead of at the ad set level. So I think a lot of media buyers and people that have been doing traditional ad set 
marketing techniques are kind of like freaking out a little bit. Um, so I, I'm excited to dive into some of these things with you. So I guess my first question is, uh, I know that a lot of, a, a lot of, I, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they're concerned feeling like the Facebook marketplace is becoming crowded and it's harder to interrupt the patterns of users, especially because users are more accustomed to ads now. So right. what's, what strategies are you using to be effective with the pattern interrupt with Facebook and stand out above, above the crowd? Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome question. And you know, we test a lot of stuff, a lot of different stuff, um, mostly because we want to be, you know, on the forefront and we want to kind of spearhead all of the changes that, that are coming and the way, the way Facebook, you know, ads campaigns are being run, but also because we, we also want to document and we want to teach, you know, the people that, that are following us what is working right now. And something that's working for us really, really well is, you know, the traditional way of doing Facebook ads has always been Facebook is so good at generating leads generating you know direct response type of, of campaigns and, and and a response of people that the traditional way of doing stuff is you put an ad you put an ad out there and you combine copy with images and whatnot and you send them to a funnel right it can be a webinar funnel it could be an opt-in could be whatever and uh, that's working well but then it turns out that it becomes a red ocean because everyone else is doing so what we are, and then not only that, but that also increases the CPM, right? The CPMs on Facebook are definitely going up. They're not going down unless Facebook, I don't know, fixes the audience network, which, you know, like Google did. Google did the, the Google Display Network Viable a couple of years ago, and now you have a limited inventory to run ads from. Uh, Facebook is kind of taking its time to, you know, fix the audience network. So that gives us like a limited inventory for now, right? So, um, on that case, what happens is that what we're doing is we're doing like a two or even three step approach. It's like there's a big opportunity right now to build your audiences in Facebook as well, right? Through, for instance, video views or engagement campaigns. And what we do is we have several layers of campaigns working at once. So our best performing campaigns, and this is, this is a methodology that Frank you know, developed like uh, two years ago, it's called intent-based branding, has mutated, has evolved, and we, make, we have been making it better through, through time. And, um, and the, the way it works, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. You need to put together content, video content for the most part, that signals and that dog whistles your ideal demographic, right? That signal, signals your ideal demographic. And those videos need to be really, 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 really helpful. They need to be really helpful because, um, Otherwise, you're, you're missing the point of the entire strategy. So what we do is we run video views campaigns uh, to, you know, using the targeting capabilities on Facebook, which are amazing and they're becoming better. And based off of that, we create audiences of 25% video viewers, 50% video viewers, 75% video viewers, 95% video viewers. And then we show them a additional content because we want to keep them engaged and uh, indoctrinated. Uh, in a way on, on Facebook, but also we show them offers and we show them offers that could go instead of just going for the killer right away, we show them offers that could go for a webinar, it could be an opt-in or it could be a straight up like a book funnel, right? It could be like a free plus shipping offer, low ticket item. And what we're noticing with this two to, two to three, uh, three step strategy is the following. Uh, number one, that the, uh, the average cost that we're having right now to get somebody to consume a six minute video or a seven minute video, it's anywhere between, and it depends on the niche, but it's anywhere between 15 to 25 cents, right? 
And if we're talking of a seven minute video, that's a big deal because you have somebody hooked up on Facebook of all places um, for seven minutes watching and consuming a content piece. And that only takes you like anywhere between 12 to 25 cents. Um, so, and that is in our niche, which we are targeting entrepreneurs, business owners and whatnot. I did the test on some other niches like dog lovers or, you know, some other niches, like they're really, really passionate. You can get like top of funnel type of com consumption for, I don't know, three cents, right? So, um, so that's, that's really, really powerful. And what that allows you to do is to get people that are really engaged in your content and what you're saying in different custom audiences. And then you can retarget them with conversion campaigns and whatnot. And then the rest of the funnel, the rest of the campaigns are pretty similar. If they, you know, you have a webinar funnel and they register for the webinar, but they do not visit the order form, then you show them a, uh, retargeting ads. If they, you know, uh, they visit the order form, but they do not uh, buy, you show them other retargeting ads. So the rest of the stuff is really similar, but we're kind of having this, uh, this experience where building audiences is still like really cheap on Facebook. The CPM drops dramatically when you switch from conversion ads where you're you know leveraging their ai and the machine learning that's why they're overcharging you or they're charging you more on the cpm and you switch that to anything that has to do to within facebook so you now have the capability of building audiences within facebook before they even land on your funnel which is pretty powerful so and then not only that, but when we retarget them, the cost per lead might still be the same. The cost per you know, webinar registrant, the cost per book buyer might still be the same, but we are noticing that the, the lifetime value of a customer is much higher. The uh, average order value of a customer is much higher. We, we experienced that specifically on a book funnel that you know, we were running traffic to this book funnel. Book funnel was converting extremely well, but we were running traffic to this book funnel and the book funnel was breaking even or better, which is the main goal of a book funnel, right? So that you can liquidate your ad costs. But then we switched to this strategy and then we kind of were spending the same money, but we were making a two to one ROI on the book funnel, same book funnel, everything, uh, all that would change was the strategy, right? Instead of going out of cold traffic to get people to buy our book, we switched switch that and we, you know, warmed them up with videos first and then we asked them to buy our book and the uh, average order value doubled. So what that means is that we were able to make money on the front end, which is uh, rare, right, at scale. Um, so we were able, specifically with those type of funnels, so we were, we were able to make money on the front end, but also that financed the building of the audiences. And the good news is that once you have those audiences built on Facebook, you can sell them, you know, different stuff over and over again. And those is like having uh, a list within Facebook. Granted, these are not subscribers. Subscribers are much, much more valuable. But if you're paying like, I don't know, five to $10 per webinar, per webinar lead or per subscriber to your list or whatever, you're, and then you're paying 25 cents to get somebody to consume 100% of, you know, of your content, then do the math. You can still run ads like the same budget, but you're building these assets within Facebook and then you can retarget them with really you know, valuable content and then offers. So that is basically what we're finding right now. We have been kind of experimenting with that and making it better and tweaking for the past, I don't know, maybe 18 months. And it's working really well for us and for people, you know, for people like Frank that everybody knows who Frank is, but also for people that they're not as big on their niche, right? Which is kind of cool because then you can build an audience, you can build a name for yourself. And, uh, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool, it's pretty interesting. That's so, that's fascinating. So 
And, and do, would you recommend that strategy for smaller businesses as well? Or like, does that only work because like you have a mega budget or like if someone is only spending like, um, like I, I actually had a client who was asking me about this same strategy just yesterday. And I was okay. like, I was like, well, I was like, you know, if you're only, if you're only spending like, um, a hundred bucks a day, like, I, I mean, I, I had, I was like, you can try it, but like, I had to question it. I was like, I, I don't know if I would spend like 25% of my budget on video views. If you only have like a hundred bucks that you're spending in a day. Right. Yeah. That's actually a great, a great point. And you know what, what's funny is that during that period that we were building the agency, most of the clients, I would say 90% of the clients that we had were the small business owners and we were pur purposefully targeting small business owners you know chiropractors lawyers you know like local restaurants like local uh local businesses and small business owners that they didn't have like huge budgets we did have some outliers that we will come in with a funnel and then we wanted to spend like 200 grand a month and we would take them but that was not the bulk of the clients that we had and yes our our target budget for them was 100 bucks a day and half of that actually was going to building audiences during the first month. So the way you want to do this when you have a, when you have a, a smaller budget, let's say that you have anywhere between 75 to 100 bucks a day, is you want to split this because originally over the first 30 days, and this is something that a lot of small business owners, they don't want to you know, get exposed to, is you're building audiences. And when you're building audiences, the ROI might not be there, right? So you're building audiences over the first 30 to 45 days of the campaign, and then you start retargeting them with offer ads. Now, when you start retargeting them on offer, uh, offer ads, then you start seeing the ROI coming in and the ROI you know, goes back and makes it up for the first 30 or 45 days that you didn't see any money coming in. So that was like our strategy. Our strategy was like, hey, listen, we will implement some direct response ads for you so that you can generate leads right away. We will have this running and building in the background with half of your budget. And then once this starts, like, you know, you get like 10,000 people in your custom audience on Facebook, 25% video viewers, then we'll start showing them ads that, you know, that it could be the same ads or different ads, doesn't matter, but we will start sending them to your niche. And it worked like for every business owner that could, for every business owner that could kind of stomach the first 30 to 45 days of not getting anything in return, it works. And mostly it gives you longevity on the campaigns. And the reason why is because you're not only targeting people that want to buy your product right now, which, you know, you launch a conversion campaign, you, you harvest all of the low hanging fruit, and then your cost per acquisition goes up because Facebook needs to show it to more and more people. But not only you have that right now, but you're targeting people that might be able to buy your product. They're thinking about buying your product within the next 30 to 180 days. So it gives you longevity on the campaigns, right? So that's what we're experiencing. We're experiencing more longevity the ads, um, the, uh, the creatives, they don't get exhausted as quickly as, you know, if you run a plain old uh, direct response campaign. So again, this doesn't um, replace this, if you would. This doesn't replace the direct response approach, but it's another thing that you can bolt on top of it and will make the direct response approach better because we call this the halo effect, right? Your, your customer, your potential customers have seen you everywhere. Start seeing you on video and then you, you know, on a landing page and then another video and then they start seeing you everywhere. And, you know, that, that breeds, you know, authority and whatnot. So that's what we're seeing. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to, 
I'm going to start, I'm going to try some of that myself. That's going to oh, be yeah. great. Go for it. I love Go for it. it. Uh, awesome. Um, okay. So and is there been anything that you've tried recently that just bombed? Like, we're like, it was like good in theory, but like it just flopped bad. Um, yeah, we do. Like we have that at least twice a week. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, uh, it is said that Facebook lives. So this actually, this is actually an experiment that I ran last week. Uh, it was like, you know, if you, if you run a Facebook live on your page you will have better reach than if you upload a video on your page that is what facebook is saying but that's not the case at all i've been experimenting quite a bunch with that and that's not the case at all uh but yeah we do we do fail pretty often and pretty quickly it's mostly about the offer not that much about maybe the uh, the strategy because the strategy is pretty pretty linear for us it's like build audiences and sell them to those audiences but we did like launch a couple of offers that didn't, you know, didn't go anywhere. We do that quite often, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we do that mostly because we want to test, but something that I learned throughout the, the, the last couple of years and after working with these, with these people is that we tend to, we tend to um, get attached to ideas as um, you know, and, and our attachment to those ideas is directly propor proportional to how much effort we're putting on those ideas. So if you build a, a, an offer and then, then you wake up one day, right? You wake up one day with this idea of a course that's going to change people's lives. And then you go on and then you spend months or weeks or however much recording the videos and building the offer, or building the funnel and doing this and doing that. And then you try to sell it and it doesn't sell. And now you're married to that idea because you want it to sell, right? You spend so much time on it and you want it to sell. Now, what these people are doing, what these guys are doing, which I think is super clever, is they will throw out ideas to the marketplace. They build these audiences so that they can try ideas. They can say, hey, guys, what do you think if we do this? Hey, guys, what do you think if we do that? Hey, guys, what do you think if we do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then they pre-sell stuff. So... You know, I, I, I was victim myself of building courses, then, you know, trying to sell them and didn't work. What I do now is I put together a list. So I send stuff to my list and then I pre-sell stuff, right? And if I get like 10, 20, 30, 50 people buying my stuff, then I go back and develop it. I'm really clear about it. I'm saying, hey guys, this is going to be an experiment. I'm going to recording the classes lives and all of that. So for instance, I just ran a six-week workshop, which is, was like that. It was like, hey, guys, I'm running an experiment. Do you want to, you know, jump on, jump on this workshop and whatnot? It was like six weeks of live training, right? And then you can sell it at a discount. It doesn't really matter. But what you're doing is you are kind of validating the idea before you spend a lot of time working on it. And then you turn it around and you start working on it. And that's how these people operate because they're like the marketplace is a dictatorship, right? It's like... It doesn't matter what you want. The marketplace will tell you what they want. So it's like Russell calls it like throwing hooks, right? You're throwing hooks, you're throwing hooks, and then you're seeing what's working. And then based off of that, you develop the rest of the funnel. Uh, so that is something that I learned out of that. That's why we fail so much because we intently and purposefully are throwing stuff to the marketplace to see what sticks. 75% of that stuff, 80% of the stuff doesn't work, but the 20% that does, then we sell it, we pre-sell it, we package it, we, you know, we, we deliver it, we put it together, 
we develop it and then we put it on evergreen, you know, through, through funnels or, and through ads and whatnot. But that's part of proven, proven, proven theories that work, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. That is so fascinating. So powerful. I love that. Yeah, I've used, uh, I've used lead formats for proof of concept stuff mm. before just because they're easy, right? And they're short and they, they take out like the needs to, to do a funnel. Um, but I, I just love that, con like hearing that concept again and using the building the audiences through the value content-based pieces in order to pitch those ideas too. That's, that's just mm. so smart. That's so right. smart. I right. love it. I yeah. love it. Oh man. Well, we could talk for a long, a long time. Um, and, and I, and I'm sure, I'm sure that we will. Um, but I, I want to give uh, our listeners a chance today. Let's see you, you brought up earlier in, in our interview um, about what you are promoting yourself and you have something called the ads guide. Um, 2020, which, or, or maybe it's a, it's something, a, a book that you've put out. So I wanted yeah, to give a second to, like, to talk about that. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? So it's a Facebook ads guide book. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, it's like the initial, um, initial, I would say approach to Facebook ads if you're brand new or if you're not, but if you want to have another, you know, another input on how I write copy the different campaigns that I run, you know, the, the different um, dashboards that you can put together on Facebook. So that's all explained in there. I just put it on, on, a, on a nice domain, which is adsguide2020.com. So you can go there, get it. It's really inexpensive. It's also a book funnel. So you can expect to see upsells and downsells up there in there, of course. But now you know why. And, uh, and that's, basically, that's basically what it is. So. I love that. Well, we will for sure put that in the list of notes. And guys, uh, Hernan has also given us his uh, perfect Facebook ads cheat sheet, which we're going to put in our toolbox. So I'm so excited. We're, we're coming out with a toolbox that has all of our listeners tools in one place for people to access. And it's going to be in a killer members area. So we're so thankful for you being willing to put a resource into, into that marketer's toolbox that we're putting together. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Um, if anyone wants to follow your journey, where, where can people find you? Uh, well, if you search my, my name online, I'm on, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I've been putting out content there for the past four years. So there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, so yeah, if you, search, uh, if you search for my name, it's at Hernan Vasquez Marketing on Instagram as well. So you can, you can find me. Awesome. Well, Hernan, it has been a pleasure having you on the Marketing Matrix today. You are just a gem. And it was like so fun to just geek out with you. I, I like for some of our listeners that aren't as experienced with Facebook ads, I apologize for letting me indulge in letting us kind of go deep on this stuff. Uh, but there is just incredible, incredible value uh, here. And I'm looking forward to going back and listening to the replay and taking notes myself. So thank you again for being on the Marketing Matrix. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm so happy you listened to the Marketing Matrix podcast today. If you benefited from this episode or any for that matter, could you do us a favor? Leaving us a rating and review helps other business owners like yourself find us and benefit from the great marketing information we cover here. So thanks so much. You and your rating mean the absolute world to us. Next week, we'll discuss warming up your traffic to convert them into buyers. So don't miss it. Have you joined the marketing conversations in my free Facebook group called Facebook ads for coaches, course creators, and lifestyle brands? We want you to join the others working to master the ad game and scale their business. So to join that group, go to facebook.com slash group slash FB ad ninjas. That's if FB is in Facebook ad as in advertising and ninjas as in ninjas. Go to uh, the 
toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com to gain access to a wealth of resources and information to help you and your business grow. Guys, that resource is just continuing to grow for you. So check it out. These resources come straight from our wonderful Marketing Matrix guests, and you do not want to miss out on these. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to another wonderful episode of The Marketing Matrix.